1: No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
0: I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press one. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press two. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over a hundred social casino style games for free. Get lucky today. At LuckyLandslots.com.
1: Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. BGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions supply.
0: Hello, and welcome to Stop Hammer Time. And it's a triumphant end of season Stop Hammer Time as we celebrate our sixth place finish. Uh, A sixth of our potential crowd watched us finish in sixth place, uh, leading to the probably quite accurate speculation that if a fifth of the crowd had been there, we would have finished fifth. And if, if 30,000 people had been there, we might have finished in second place. Um, and uh, one of us, one of tonight's guests, was actually at the game uh, with me this week uh, to celebrate our Jim Grant. Good evening. Hello. And the greatest legal mind this country has ever seen, a mind like a steel trap. It is, of course, Simon Pentol.
1: Good evening, lovely to see you both. Um, now it's all over. Yes, it is yeah. all over. And
0: um, so on Sunday, a, a large bunch of people that uh, listened to this podcast or participated in this podcast met at the Black Lion uh, in Plasto, And uh, then, then uh, most of them went to the game, <laughs> leaving just me, Richard Johnson, Mark Gower and Nick Daly to watch it on television while all you other fuckers got in a bunch of cabs and went over to the stadium and watched it. Extraordinary. Oh, Extraordinary. Me and Rob Banks
2: got a bus. That's inaccurate. We got a
0: bus. You got a bus? Oh, well, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, Like, um, like Vladimir Sufal, uh,
2: He gets yes, the bus, yeah.
0: according to Twitter or
2: Instagram. He does get the bus, yeah.
0: Simon Pentel, you didn't see the game. You saw it on television like I did.
1: I, I saw it on telly and um, I have to say it was uh, as routine an experience as I could imagine. Um, Look, I, I, getting to it, um, I thought we just we just did enough, really, as as we yeah. had to do. Um, and with all the um, overstated joy at going into um, the European equivalent of of the Carling Cup or whatever the bloody hell it's called, mm-hmm. um, I've got to say, I think for me, as much as it's great to finish above both Arsenal and Spurs and particularly Spurs, of course, I think that I'll look back in this season, funnily enough, with a sense that um, of regret. I actually believe that it was there for us, and um, I don't know if it was snatched away from us or we snatched it away ourselves. Look, I know at the beginning of the season, if anyone would have said after the first two games, West Ham are going to finish um, sixth and above a host of other great sides, I would have thought they should be certified, actually. But when it came to push, came to shove, um, you know, I won't say we blew it because that's a bit harsh, but I really think we we could have done it. I really do. And um, for a number of reasons, most of which um, went against us, we didn't. So um, I think it's a little bit like the, the old sort of booby prize. But listen, um, it makes a pleasant change for us to be sixth. Let's not kid ourselves. And I don't want to sound like a spoiled child. But I sound like one, I know that. Yeah. Um, I really just think it was a, a, an opportunity lost.
0: In the end, there was a feeling that, yeah, that it, we, we, I mean, for, for weeks now, I've had a list of our eight last fixtures in front of me. And as we've done these podcasts week after week, sort of tick them off. And, um, um you know, of those eight fixtures, we won half of them, which has been what we've done all season. Uh we won half of them, drew one and lost three. And um uh so you know, I a few weeks ago I think said my 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 head says seventh, my heart says sixth, and I would like to get more points than our last highest um finish, which was 62. Um under under Billlich uh, in uh, 2015 twenty fifteen-sixteen. So it's kind of ticked every box for me. Yeah, I think you're I think you're right. If there, if if just a few the results have gone our way, if we got the rubber the green, you know, it was a very narrow defeat to Chelsea, it was a very narrow defeat to Everton.
2: I still look, the interesting new <coughs> The Newcastle game and letting Arsenal back in having been 3-0 up, that, that's what cost us. Yeah. And the injury to rice came at exactly the the wrong, the wrong time. Um, and you know, although we, we won a few games without him, we also, we also lost three, I think without him in the team. And you know, I think probably including that Newcastle one. And, and, uh, um, you know, I, I, I think in the end I, I felt Liverpool with their fixtures were always going to go past us. I, I just didn't see that, 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 that was never not going to happen. um, uh and it was it was you know even if we even if we'd have uh, um been at full strength who's who's to say you know i i i think in the end the smallness of the squad and the length of the season and 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 so on caught, caught up with us and uh, I, I don't think you can point a finger of blame about it and and to me I, the feeling certainly in the ground and on sunday we had a lovely day and i thought it was a very had a kind of very festive feel about it um and the feeling in the ground was celebratory and you know, um, we have qualified for Europe and, and it is the group stage, so it is guaranteed European football. It's a bit different from having to kind of faddle your way through qualifying rounds and and whatnot. Um, and we will be because because we're going to be seeded in, like you know, we're not we, uh, they haven't finished sort of sorting out the coefficients or whatever for the seeding yet, but we're, we're, we're not going to be you know. Uh, among the top two season in the group. So we are going to be in a group with a, with a big European name, a Napoli or a Lazio or an Eintracht Frankfurt or, a, you know. Um, so, so uh, you know, I think it, there's a lot to look forward to, to be honest.
1: But I'm not going to disagree with, with any of that. As I said, I just think it was a, a lost opportunity. And I do agree with you, Jim, absolutely, that um, if any game was pivotal in the running, um, for me, it was the Arsenal game. You know, yeah. you, you can't be 3-0 up and, and, and draw, I was going to say lose through, draw through, but it felt like a loss. And in a funny sort yeah. of way, I think the two Arsenal games, both um, at their place and ours, um, were sort of pivotal. Um, because in the, in the away game, albeit the second game of the season, and albeit we lost, you know, it, I had the sense of it's not maybe going to be as calamitous as everyone thought after the Newcastle game. Because we actually played quite well in that We game. did, yeah. And yeah, although yeah. we lost, we I think there was a sense of optimism. And it was almost a complete reversal, having been three in hell up and then drawn through all a few weeks ago. That yeah. felt like a real heavy defeat. And yes. I think there was a sort of carryover to the Newcastle game in, in a strange sort of way. And there again, you know, we were 2-0 down, got it back to 2-1. I know we went to 10 men. But... Um, if you think about it, really we should have we should have won the Arsenal game. We should have at least got a point at St. James's Park. And if you think about it, um, we should that have won we should have won away at Brighton. And those five points would have put us in the Champions League, no problem.
0: But the runner, you know, the run-in was tense and exciting. And, you know, there there are just other football teams and their fortunes. I mean, you know, in a way, um, the season finished at the right time for us because Arsenal seemed to be putting together a real run. And there was a point at which you sort of thought if there was a point at which, if we lost our last couple of games, they could have caught us. Um, And, you know, Spurs were one of the three teams queued up behind us, like those queues of central defenders. Every time you get a corner, we had Liverpool, Chelsea and Spurs. And it wasn't difficult to see all three of those teams with their huge finances you know maybe back in something like January, eventually going past us, and it was sort of great that we managed to hold off Spurs. It was great that, um, you know, in I mean, Everton fans must be sort of wondering what went wrong in the last sort of third of the season for them because they looked, uh, they looked mustard for a lot of the season and they, you know, they uh, um, fell away quite alarmingly and, and weren't and they in- very
2: annoyingly came to us and set up to play us as if we were Man City. Yeah, you know, absolutely. And, and did it rather well, You know, for a long time, they but had everyone, a game in everyone,
1: hand. Everyone heaps praise on Everton for that performance, and particularly Carlo Ancelotti. But again, I think it's one of those, I'm sorry to say it, that got away, because even though they did play very well against us, and we weren't exactly mastered that day, um, the two clearest goal-scoring opportunities, yes, absolutely. other than the goal they scored, you know, fell to us. I'm sorry, the Ben Rama header... Oh. And And I I don't want to dig the guy out, but he should have stuck it in the bottom corner. And, you know, on another day, um, Jared Bowen would have got some part of his anatomy to that shot, that the the Souffle shot that came off the post. And we would have won that game, even, you know, notwithstanding the balance of the game. It would have made no difference.
0: No, that's right. That's football, though, isn't it? I mean, you know, um, we did. We, there was a little run there when we had sort of a, a you know one goal margin against Chelsea. We did beat Burnley by two, but then we had a sort of a nil one and a one one where we suddenly looked like we were finding it difficult to hit the back of the net. But then we finished with two goals, where it was two guys who scored three goals. So, um, you know, I think ult- I think ultimately because goals did come from throughout the season from different areas of the pitch. Like, you know, obviously Suchek wasn't really scoring in the latter part of the season, but he scored a valuable few bunch of goals at the beginning of the season. Um, You know, we will want to address a kind of striker issue, won't we, over the the summer? You know, I think we, um, I think when you're, you know, Manchester City have a lot of players that score sort of, nine or something. And in Mm. fact, sort of no one that scores 25, you know, uh, I think they all chip in with, you know, nine or 10 goals. And that's part of their, that's part of what makes them really good. And it sort of looked a little bit like we had a lot of people who, who, you know, would put the ball in the back of the net center backs from set pieces, Lingard, Antonio for now's two on, in that last game, Mm. Suchek, you know, um, Bowen. Um,
1: so, so it is good, but I think we They've do... all chipped in. They've all yeah. chipped in and no one, I think, more significantly than than Salchek. But that's where the problem lies, because um absent Declan Rice, um, it's no it's no coincidence, is it, that Salchek's goal scoring prowess yeah. dropped dramatically when he had to effectively yeah. be the holder yeah. rather yeah. than the spare man, because of course what Declan does is give him the space to breathe and Absolutely. give him the freedom to join the play, to be the last man in an attack, which absent Declan, he can't do that because he's got to play the Declan Rice role, which he doesn't do as well as Declan Rice. Cause I happen to think that Declan Rice is the best defensive midfield player in the United Kingdom. Um, I don't mean being British. I mean, within the United Kingdom, yeah. I, I think he's going to be astronomic when he gets better. And I, I really do believe people think he's good now. I mean, in, in three or four years time, he's going to be off the scale. Good. Um, but importantly, he allows Suchek the freedom to, as I say, join the play and be the extra man when it when it matters. And that's, you know, but we go back to the same old story. We have a fantastic spine, and we've got a pretty decent first eleven with or without Jesse Lingard. But it's beyond that right. where the problem lies, and we've all identified it throughout the whole of the season. You know, we've got a very good team, and I'm and I stress the word team as a collective. One through eleven, it's when you get outside that now, I mean uh, a few weeks ago, what I'm trying to remember what game it was, but I was looking at the bench thinking, "Fuck me, who are we going to bring on to change it? There's absolutely yeah. no one.
2: I think that's right, and I, I mean I, it, on one level, in one way if you if you one way of looking at that is it, it makes the job that Moyes has done all the more remarkable it seems to me to to keep to keep the whole thing on the road. Uh, you know, one bits have been falling off. Uh, I, I think it's been um, terrific, um, and it is. You know, as, I, I think that the um, looking ahead, uh, as you've said, Phil. You know, it, it it's a moment where we've got the basis of a team that we can we can be proud of and that we can build on. And history tells you that when we've been in that position, the club not just these owners but you know and we've we've talked about this in, yeah. in, in previous podcasts history says we fail to capitalize on these moments we fail to take we don't um you know speculate to accumulate at this point you know you have you've, you've and, and and there's all kinds of excuses they can hide behind but you know in the you know the, the kind of old football's finances in a mess after the pandemic and 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 all this that and the other but it if they are owners, if, if they, as they claim to be and that we all suspect they're not, um, they've really, really, really got to, you know, give Moyes what he wants uh, uh, this summer. I'm not necessarily sure of going out madly and buying shed loads of players, I think, but three or four quality first team ready footballers. We have to have someone up front. You're absolutely right, Simon. We have to have someone who can step in. We're going to be playing you know, quite a few games, more next season, there will be plenty of opportunity for a third, first team quality central midfielder to mm. play games when there are injuries or suspensions, or just to rest and rotate uh, Suchek and Rice. Um, and I, I, we, we have got to, I think, we've got to decide whether or not we we, we want to stick with the four, four at the back, in which case we've probably got to get a pace here uh, left back than Cresswell although he's had a good season oh we have to yeah, um, have to, yeah. yeah. and I think we need a centre half because I think Wayne um, is on his way isn't he Um, and uh, Dawson has been uh, a manful stopgap but uh, you know it was his two own goals <laughs> so, you know he's got errors in him his two own goals that cost us against Arsenal and you know I think he's he's, he's a fine you know committed blood and guts stopper but we need something better than that. So I think, and I think Moyes will sign us, and I think a centre half will be a priority. I wonder what this. Talk about this. Sorry?
0: I wonder what this youngster is that they've got. Alves, is it?
2: Yeah, I mean they obviously rate him, but yeah. I mean, you can't imagine that he's going to step in to the first eleven and and start bossing it. You know, he's they've got they've got to bring him on. Um, Diop hasn't developed quite as rapidly as we hoped to, would I think but I think there's still a player in there um but neither he nor Dawson you want to be your first you want Ogbonna and another one as good as Ogbonna starting don't you I think which
1: brings Um, me back to um in in the running you know we we suffered unfortunately with a number of key injuries and I think Ogbonna's absence is overlooked I thought on Sunday he made all the difference in the world And fantastic. if you, I'm uh, um, being a bit critica- critical critical of, of Dawson. I mean, I know he's, as, I think you you got the right word actually for him manfully, his coat manfully. But um, he got done by Calvert Lewin terribly for the Everton goal, um, absolutely yeah. outpaced, repeated it the following week. Um, and there was a moment on Sunday where O'Bonner snaffled out danger. Where you could see if it was anyone other than he, we were in real deep trouble. Yeah,
2: I, um, I, I don't know, you, you might be referring to there was a moment where Danny Ings got the ball and tried to it. turn in the box, and there was just this yeah. kind of rock of <laughs> yeah. Bonner behind him, beautifully positioned, get left him nowhere to go. You know, just kind of bounced off him. Um, yeah, I thought, you know, I think he's 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 top top class of Bonner, um, uh, but he needs uh, he needs a, a good quality younger, um, um, faster centre-half partner, I think.
0: What did you think of the performance on Sunday, Jim? Because you know, as Simon said, it was sometimes these games are a little bit of a procession, aren't they? They're, they they can have a, a feel of a kind of training game or a dead rubber. And we've seen a couple of those where we've scored uh, fairly freely in a in an end-of-season game. Sam Allardyce's Everton and away at Watford are yeah. two that stick in the mind. 3-1 yeah. yeah. and 4-0. I think those two games yeah. were. But and it right. felt a little bit like that, but it but I um I mean, I liked I, what I saw at the performances. I thought Bowen had a really good game. Bowen, yes, he uh, did. Um, does yeah, what Fournouse. he can. Do. had an yeah, excellent, man. game. so
2: consistent. Good, nice for him to score, but you know he needs to do that more often. I think he gets into goal-scoring positions and doesn't doesn't hasn't scored as many as he might have done. But he, I thought he was terrific again. Um, he's a
0: Funny player, isn't he? Because he's sort of in in yeah. a way he he makes for himself a kind of free role. <laughs> Especially when Rice and yeah. Suchek are in the when Rice and Suchek are yeah. in the team, I think he yeah. um, he works very hard at the defensive side of the game. I think even if you know the team sheet says it's Antonio with uh, you know say Bowen Lingard or Ben Rama and now's behind it, Fournells will play a lot deeper than the others. Four, Fournells will do some of that fetch and carry box to box stuff. Yeah. Um, it seems to be his game he seems to want to do that you know
2: yeah having seen you know all the games on television it was interesting to see it in the stadium we were we were you know because I got the tickets quite quite in the you know the the flash sale later uh, I I was quite high up um, in the upper tier but what that did give you is a sort of sense of the shape of the game And, and it was interesting to see just what a what a well-oiled machine the team is. The, the, you know, they lose possession, get into position, you know, hunt impacts to, to, to close space down. There's good movement off the ball when we when when we get possession. You know, it, it's um it, they play like a team that's confident. And Southampton started the games the better the better team yeah, to be honest. Definitely. Um and had two chances that they really should have scored. Um, but once we got the second I think the game, yeah, like you, you say, somewhere, It was regulation after that, and it was the second half was flat. I mean, it was, yeah. you know, we took the foot of the gas; they weren't particularly interested in chasing it. They, you know, um, uh, but I think you know it was the occasion, and there was a sort of sort of sense that you know we're emerging, you know, nationally, and 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 you know from from these dark times and a sort of, you know, and the, and the, I think the optimism about, I think we've got to be optimistic about a uh, positive about going into Europe. I've said all along on the podcast that in many ways, the Europa League is a poison chalice and it is a challenge playing Thursday, Sunday, but, um, you know, we've just got to dig in and we've got to enjoy it as fans. It doesn't happen very, very often. It might not happen <laughs> again in a hurry. No. So, and I think that was the feeling really. Um, and, um, it was yeah it was heartwarming in the in the, you know um yeah it wasn't a great game wasn't a great spectacle but we won it at a canter really in the end um
0: yeah yeah uh, but it is um yeah thursday sunday i mean it's um it's it really has uh knackered a few teams hasn't it wolves uh sort of struggled for a while, didn't they, when they got well, into it and then the next season because they came up, didn't they, Wolves? And then they finished seventh, which which would have meant they mm-hmm. got into it. Then I think they finished seventh the next season, but it was a struggle for them and they started badly. Yeah,
2: but I would say they they they're an example of a team that has managed to to come. Yeah. I mean Leicester found it difficult, but ultimately, you know, because of good investment, um, they've 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 come through it and then they're now beginning to look that they've missed out again um uh they look they, they'll have the experience they'll probably be seeded above us because of their because of because they, their coefficient will be higher um you know they they're, they're showing the way actually aren't they they're, they are showing the way and, and we we need to keep pace with them it's them um it's that kind of it's them a villa um everton but also, I would include Arsenal and Spurs now. Spurs, especially if Harry Kane uh, goes or or, or or goes on strike, because they want two hundred billion for him and nobody would pay it, pay it or whatever. Um, you know, now's our opportunity to kind of, kind of, you know, be, you know, rise up in that little group of, of clubs below the top three or four, uh, and and really start moving on. But we, as I said, we've got to make those signings.
1: Yeah. Um, well, it's. It's an imperative. Knife. It's an imperative, not just for next season, and the most important thing being that we don't allow um, Thursday night jaunts to undermine the bread and butter, which of course is always vital, and we don't want to be left in a struggle come no. February next season because we've been playing on Thursday nights for however many weeks that continues. But I think that, and I've said this before on the um, on the previous episodes of the of the podcast. Recruitment this window is absolutely vital, not, I think, just for this season, but arguably for the next 10 years um, at West Ham United. Um, I don't hold any great hopes because of our ownership. And unlike the example of Leicester, of course, Jim, they have great investment. They pay a lot of money for the right players. And their scouting is simply exceptional. Um, they seem to find that players. You know, they, they they sell Harry Maguire. That they found um, the Turkish fellow, whose name for the moment I, I've a I completely so you're forgotten. The yeah. Um, yeah. You know, they they lose Chilwell, They find a replacement. They lose. Um, you know, Canter they, they lose Mares. They find a replacement. Mm. Um, whereas you know, you get the feeling if we, heaven forbid, lose Declan Rice. And even if there was a 100, £120, £130 million pound windfall, to use a Boris Johnson expression, forgive me, we'll spaff the whole fucking lot up the wall on buying a load of rubbish with it. Because well, you'd we, hope we didn't, you know, help,
0: you know, you'd we didn't with Moyes at yeah, you the helm. You'd know, you hope we didn't with Moyes at
2: the Well, you'd hope we wouldn't.
1: Yeah. You'd hope we wouldn't. But, you know, mm. unfortunately, last season aside, our recruitment record has been bloody appalling in the main... Um, not just from now, but f- f- for many seasons. Now absolutely. I don't know, no. um, and, unless we're going to make Thomas Saucek our chief scout, and he comes back with a few more Eastern Europeans. Yeah, um, you know, it, it's 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 absolutely vital, and where it is most vital is for me, and I I, I know that you no know, one man is is never entirely indispensable but i think our fortunes going forward are completely and utterly tied around declan rice if declan rice stays for the next couple of seasons then we really have a chance of breaking through but for him to stay it's not a question of paying him his package that he wants he needs to be satisfied that he's at a club that is going in the right direction that is recruiting properly and so when he turns up for training on monday he's looking at players thinking yeah i'm in the right place here yeah. this is a this is a journey that i want to continue not a journey that it's over now i can go no further at west ham and 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 i it's not it shouldn't all be about him but he i think in many other respects is almost an identikit um, t- to to Bobby Moore, you know he's gonna he can be England's golden boy. This fella, um, he's got he, you know he's got, he's the right personality. He plays, I mean, for you know for a central midfielder to play every game at minimum rating of seven and a half is fantastic. Yeah, he's terrific. He never drops below it. I mean, the only variant is if he gets an eight or a nine. Um yeah, the yeah, only absolutely. other concern for me is you know typically for west ham of course when you think about dean ashton and a few others um rice's injury was was playing for england and as somebody yeah. pointed out it wasn't surprising that he got an injury playing for england because he carried them through two bleeding matches um and that's and that's quite a lot to do for a young fella but he did i mean he even you know he he was man of the match in both those games and in in a team with much more stellar names than his he's he's hugely linked to our fortune going forward and we've got to build a team around him which means recruiting around him and making him feel that he's in the right place to achieve his ambitions in the game not just ours
0: yeah absolutely but you know i mean yeah there's a couple of things there if he wants to go he'll want to go you know if he if his head is turned by manchester united or chelsea or something like that there's not much we can do about that and also we you know It it it's it's the skill side of recruitment versus the sort of money side of recruitment. You know, we we could sort of get Rodri to play alongside him, but Rodri costs sixty million pounds. You know, uh, good players that teams above us have, like Pulisic, is like an American. You know, he's not he's not a Spanish wizard or something. He's a North American. They're usually shit. He
1: was sixty three million. I think he was seventy three million pounds. Pulisic. Phil, no. I don't disagree with that. And that's why I said the recruitment, it's yeah. not a question just of money, the The level of recruitment. And we recruited very well, obviously, in, um, in the last 18 months. And um, it goes without saying. But um, we've got to keep, for a club of, of our financial constraint, we have to keep digging up gems. And, and they're not yeah. easy to find. Um, no, like
0: you say, Leicester. Um, you know, Leicester have recruited extremely well, haven't they? And uh, and that's sort of what we. That's what we. The sort of level we
2: have to be at. Mm. But,
0: you know, it's sort of signs are promising. You know, we've 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 done I very well I, in these last couple of windows. I
2: think so. I think I think you know that. I, that's why I say <clears throat> you have to capitalise on these moments. I mean, for Fana, who I think really is going to be an outstanding but he's mm. going to be the player that we hope Diop would be. I suspect the farmer yep. is going to be that player. Um, he had a straight choice, I believe, between between West Ham and Leicester. Chose Leicester because on the face of it, at the start of the you know last season, if you looked at the two clubs and their trajectory, why wouldn't you yeah. choose oh, of Leicester? Of course. But, in, of but course. in fact, now, if you have that choice now, I'm not so sure it's so straightforward. Um, I agree with you. And uh, I think you know that we've we, I think Moyes Moyes so far his track record in the, in the transfer window uh, uh, has been good. I would say Simon, you know, I, we've had some terrible terrible times in the in the transfer windows, but I also I, I would say it's been patchy because we have picked up before Moyes turned up. We picked up some. Some, I think Fornells is a great signing. Bonner has proved to be a a, a fantastic signing. Cresswell, uh, you know, in terms of the years' service he's given the club, was a very very good signing. So, you know, we we, we don't we, we're not a we're not a total basket case. Uh, we are in certain areas. <laughs> this obsession that the owners have with the marquee striker and pursuing yeah. pursuing them when it's pretty obvious, you know, the, we 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 were after Lacazette, weren't we? we were after Batch. you know, that's yeah. a whole series of them ridiculous sagas that you know keep keep you in the news on the, on the back pages for the wrong kind of reasons really and i think um and you, you end up looking stupid when when these people don't turn up um so the strike is crucial um there were a few that were mentioned in the last window that that you know there's an nesri chap in spain um closek who's at the other prague Club, I mm-hmm. think, who's uh, supposed to be a great prospect. was not there a guy at Celtic
0: sense? and Ran- or Rangers as well? Wasn't
2: there? Oh, was there Celtic? Right. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Oh, I thought, um, yeah, I thought... The, the big strong rumour at the moment is this bloke, Alex Kral, another Czech, I believe. Um, who is at Spartak Moscow at the moment, but was at Slavia. Um, and uh, I don't know if you see much of him, but I, I mean I haven't watched him at any length, but he looks from the clips that you see, he looks the right kind of player to be that third starting, you know, that third potential starting central midfielder. He's tall, quite quite good feet for a tall man, you know, um, good engine. You know, puts his foot in, but can also get on the end of things. So um, that you know, there are strong rumours that that one's going to happen, aren't there? He's he, hasn't he? Is the player who's been tweeting lots of stuff about West Ham. So. Right.
1: You know, um, it yeah. goes back to what I said. Or... You know, um, Chief <coughs> scout has become um, Thomas Salchek. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But listen, there's nothing wrong with that. All all I'm saying is is that it's a massively important window, and we have to get it right if we're going to maintain this trajectory. Um, for all the reasons, and there are varying reasons why that is so fundamentally important. But we obviously, we all know we need a, a striker, and that's not going to be easy because strikers never are easy. And no. it's very difficult to find one who can walk into um, a Premier League team and hit the ground running. Um, if I put it like this, you know, it, it, it took, um, I mean, Dennis Bergkamp about a dozen games before he scored a goal for the Arsenal. And yeah. now he's one of their all-time greats. It's its not an easy thing to do. Um, and if we're going to continue with a... Uh, single striker in, in Mikel Antonio, subject of course to his fitness, which is always a recurring concern. Um we need someone who is happy to sit on, on the bench and, and wait his chance. And if by miracle Mikhail can actually go through more than four consecutive games without pulling a hamstring, um then that then he's then he's not going to get much of a chance because Mikel Antonio is a very, very unique type of player. Um, but he suits our system if we're playing with one up front. You know he's learned to play with his back to goal, and he's actually unplayable mm-hmm. when he's on the song. Completely unplayable unless you're going to shoot him from the stands um, with, a, with, a, with, a, with a rifle. Um, you, you can't stop him. Well, I think, uh, and course. I thought, I thought his goal the other week. I know it was. I know the game was over, but the goal he scored against, um, oh blimey, I've forgotten West Brom. West Brom. I thought the third goal was just delicious, quite yeah. frankly. You know, I mean, as soon as he turned, got onto it, it was a beautifully weighted pass, of course, by um, Lingard. But um, as soon as he got onto it, I knew where it was going. I think everyone knew where it was was going. I think everything about that goal,
2: that that goal was almost, you know, epitome of the season. You know, four hours, lost the ball, won it back, used it well quickly, set the attack off. Uh, Antonio, who has learned the trade of central striker very, very quickly, in my view um held his run so he didn't go offside, beautifully weighted, sort of slip slid past from from Lingard, and as you say, a great kind of finish, didn't have to, you know, knew where the goal was, you know, it was a striker's finish. Um uh yeah and great summed us up.
0: I can't remember when it was, either last week or the previous week, when both you and I, Jim, had independently been sort of going, trying to go back through previous games to see if we could see any pattern of, uh, you know, how well we play if a certain player is in the team. And it was difficult to conclude anything other than Masuaku, Masuaku his,
2: two, his two
0: appearances coincided with mm-hmm. our wins. But one thing I just, I saw was that we did play several different formations. A couple of times we played two up front. There was one where I think the front two was someone like uh, Bowen and uh, now's you know, and um, with, you know, a playmaker behind them. And, you know, so Um, And the possibility of playing with sort of wing-backs, if we did buy a new pacey um, left-back who could also play wing-back or manage to keep Masawaku fit, might allow for some different team formations as well. You know, I think... um, Certainly in his first spell, obviously Moyes was sort of painted into a corner a little bit with just the footballers he had available to him. And I sure. think and I think that happened a little bit this season as well, and has still been happening all the way sort of exactly. up to the end. So, so you know, hopefully that some of these acquisitions won't necessarily have to fit into kind of pre-existing, you know, round holes when perhaps they're square pegs, but might allow us to play in sort of different kind of systems, you know. Um, But, you know, we're all saying the same thing, really. It's, It's absolutely crucial for all sorts of reasons, you're right for, for for going forward over the next ten years, but just actually the practicalities. Because you know it's a shame this season you know has been played in uh, behind closed doors because we might not finish sixth next year. You know, I mean, we won. It's hard to finish, so yeah. Thursday nights we, we, won't help. The fact is, we won. I'd
2: be amazed. So I don't think we should expect to. You know, no, no, I that's mean, absolutely right. I, but I, I'm not going to mind. <clears throat> uh, finishing mid table or, or, uh, you know, even, even, you know, 11th or 12th, if what's clearly happening on the pitch and what's clearly happening in terms of uh, recruitment and the way the team is playing is that we're clearly building on what, on what we've done this, this season. You know, I think we have, you know, we've, 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 we've overachieved a bit. I mean, I don't think even Moyes expected this. So, um, you know, is, it is, a. You're, you, there's a danger that you set up expectations where you know, and 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 he made that point right at the start. He wanted to uh, kind of under promise and over deliver, and I think um, I think that's absolutely the right way the right way to go. But I think there will be a lot of people turning up at the ground. <laughs> um, um, yeah. you we know, haven't talked to, uh, much uh, recently about the impact of fans or whatever. You know, there there will be a lot of people uh, saying, "Come on, then, entertain us!" You're you know, and and. One way or another, it's a ground where, w- when it gets up, when there's noise in that ground, it is terrific. Even the ten thousand, when they were noisy, it was really loud um, on Sunday, but it went flat very quickly. And when it goes flat, it's it's depressingly flat. As I think, I it, don't know, I don't Jim, because
1: really you obviously were there, um, and I don't yeah. know how fair a representation um, you get from watching it in those circumstances on the TV, hmm. but. On the whole issue of crowd, and I know I have a very different view to Mark Webster um, from a couple of weeks ago when I heard the podcast, because um, he says there's nothing to, you, there's no yardstick by which to measure this. It's just a, a point of view you can can never be proved right. right and you can't be proved wrong. But I sort of noticed even with ten thousand in the stadium on Sunday, there was a point after about ten or fifteen minutes it got a bit twitchy among the fans, and it needed that first goal to sort of calm everyone down. And um, for them to get behind the team, I don't know. That's how it came across on the screen. I don't know what it came across, how it came across, rather, in the stadium. But that's how it felt to me watching it.
2: Yes, I think, I, yeah. And I think there is a danger that, that um, you know, fans do sit back and, and uh, expect the team just to kind of turn on performances uh you know straight away and yeah I'm not necessarily twitchy at least kind of frustrated um, when things don't instantly go instantly go the team's way and, and I think in the past football crowds would often use that moment to 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 kind of try and lift try and lift mm. them to you know that I think I don't think it's just the West Ham thing. I just don't think that happens in the modern world of, of football very much uh, uh, what what does lift a crowd occasionally even now in those situations is someone puts in a crunching tackle or goes on a good run you know um, and I think you're right about right Rice is the kind of player who can get a stadium up on his own just by by you know making a beautifully timed tackle or picking up and, and one of those surging runs through the middle they 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 can they can change the, the 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 feel in a in a stadium. Yeah. Kind of we things. have That's we right? have
0: actually you know uh, had uh, on paper and in terms of results one. Good season since we've moved to uh, the new stadium, which was Pellegrini's good season with a 10th place finish. But I think um, the mood was still a little bit infected by just worry about whether it's going to be like the previous season. So, Mm. and we did also, you know, lose a couple of games quite badly we beat that Man- We beat Manchester United didn't we Jose Mourinho's Manchester United yep. 3-1 and that was a great day great game everyone loved it but we had a couple of quite bad results you know around that time as well and I think um, you know it's a shame that this season because this would be another season on the back of a good season and Pellegrini's season was on the back of a very bad season with you yeah. know some survival at the end so it's a it's sort of a shame that it was played behind closed doors this season because I think it is it's going to have I'm to. I'm not do so bit. sure.
1: I, I I've got to tell you I'm not so sure, um, and I'm I'm a believer that I, I know um, Weber has a different view to me on this. I think we really did benefit from no crowds, um, and I'm sorry to say that, and it's really quite embarrassing. I, I I'm I'm the first to say and I'm going to get absolutely slated for this. I think there are a very large minority of West Ham fans who are complete pain in the arses and really um, create more trouble than it's worth. There's an underbelly of toxicity um, that I think is just bubbling along, waiting for the right opportunity. And you can only imagine whatever happens in the window. If we start next season, as we started last season, with, with a home defeat against a middle ranked team, and then an, then an away defeat, and then we go home again. If we're not winning that game like we beat Wolves comfortably, say 2 0 by half time, mm. you can just imagine in that stadium it's going to start. Those rumblings are going to start. And I, I, I think we've I benefited think from we the absence of all, all that.
2: I don't think we will start the season the same way. And, I, and I'll tell you why I think things will be different, even if even if the results don't necessarily go our way. I think this team, as it is, and hopefully the good players that are going to get added to it, um, have uh, a never say die attitude. They run and they work. So yeah. I don't think it was twitchy in the stadium, but I, I, it went flat. It was flat at times. I don't think it was twitchy because what comes off the pitch is the sense of confidence from those players. They, they you know, okay, so we've conceded a couple of chances. To Southampton, though. We, 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 it, we're we're going to get we're going to make some chances. We're going to create something. The team that lost to Newcastle had Hallett in it, and it had Anderson starting. Mm. And what there isn't in that team now um, uh, is a player on the fringe who's really clearly not committed. Who doesn't? Who doesn't? No passengers. Uh, chase and Harry. Yeah. Sorry. No pass- passengers. Yeah. No passengers. I think that's very different. See now, you know, for example, Soufoul. Su- uh, didn't have his greatest game on Sunday, and Redmond gave him a lot of a lot of trouble. But he never stopped, never stopped running, never stopped trying, never stopped, you know, uh, being committed. You know, he just oozes passion for the game. Um, and I think West Ham. I, I, I take your point. You're absolutely right. The, the last few years, it's been, you know, that, that, that transition. It, you know, it has been toxic at, at, at times. There's no question. But I think. This group of players and the way that the, now the manager, I think, has won people over, and, and I would think the majority of West Ham fans uh, were not in the pro Moyes camp at the start of this season. I think the way they've won them over, I I think they'll have some grace, even if one or two performances, uh, sorry, one or two results don't go our way at the start of next season. Uh, I, I think they've, they've got some credit in the bank now, uh, I feel.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, you know, in, in terms of who they bring in, I mean, you've just got to, they've got to find the right sort of players, haven't you? Because they there is a spirit there that Lingard was almost exactly the right move for us, a lone player from a big club who can't get a kick, but has kept his fitness and comes in. And the enthusiasm with which he's met and the talent around him, albeit nobody costs, you know, half of what his teammates at Manchester United cost. You know, there's talented players that he clearly thinks are good and, like, make him look good and he makes them look good. And that's what we want to come in. You know, players with big egos kind of just won't be welcome, I don't think.
1: It's just... I think the key for me, and I've said this before, is that we have to recruit players aside from their ability for whom playing at West Ham is either a significant step up yeah provides them with an opportunity to better themselves or even more importantly gives them something to prove and and I think if you look across, and I've said it, I know before, but that great um, underbelly of our club at the moment, our team at the moment, you know, Jesse Lingard was the ideal signing because he had something to prove. Yeah. He wasn't going to come, there was no point for him signing for us for six months um, just to make up the numbers because he could do that at Man United um, and come south. And w- why would he want to? Is a, a local boy there? So he had something to prove. I've always thought that Mikel Antonio has his whole career to prove because he's, he came to the game so late. Yeah, um, Declan Rice has always had something to prove. In his case, it is, Chelsea, you were mugs to let me go and I'm going to prove you all wrong. Mm-hmm. Salcek and Soufal, for them, it's a huge step up. Yeah. You know, I'm sorry, but it is. I don't want to be accused of xenophobia because I hate, but I mean, that's the sad reality of it. For them, it's a big step up. It's not like, you know, getting off the plane from from Spain or Brazil or Argentina. Um, yeah. This is a great opportunity coming to play. You're living in London. Um, you're playing in a huge stadium and you're playing for a, a club that's got um, a reputation around the world. And for them, it's a step up. And I think that is the key to making the right to recruitment we need players for whom there is a good reason for them to come to play for our team rather than an ex- an overinflated pay packet
2: yeah I, I totally i totally agree with that i think that's absolutely you know bang on the money and and the point you make about lingard is abs- absolutely right and but but a lot of west ham fans were not happy with not happy with that they wanted the mega bucks spent on a on a on a striker and they were not happy with the lingard um uh loan signing. They weren't happy with the, even less happy with the Dawson one. And Moyes has proved right about both those signings, yeah. in a sense. Um, I, I I you know I will be worried if we are starting with Dawson as our starting center back next season, as I as That's I've said. But he's done a job. There's there's no question, you know, when we were um, you know, shorter bodies, so he he really has stepped up. Um and Lingard, you know, the first few games, it was an ex- it was a revelation. He absolutely, really had something to prove. He has definitely, um, you know, taken a step back from those levels that he was at in the first three, where he was, I think, I running fueled on adrenaline and opp- a sense of opportunity, wanted to get back in the England squad and so on. Um, so I'm I'm in the camp, I mean, I, you know, that is, I I I'm very happy if Lingard stays, but I'm not too fussed if he goes, uh, provided we we uh, do bring in someone with with kind of pace up front. That's the you know yeah, as a striker. Can't Duke. be a can't be a you know <laughs> a we're slightly doing the, their accounting the for
0: we're slightly doing their accounting for them because I sort of you know part of my concern about be uh, uh, you know buying Jesse Lingard would be that both for his price and his wages it might be a massive lump of our transfer budget. You know, and um, because we're not a, a team with a, the the as, as I've said before, with the sort of pockets of a Manchester City or a Chelsea or a, even a Spurs. You know, we we have to sort of cut our cloth, whatever that saying is, a little more sort of careful. that is the yeah. same Yeah, yeah. So uh, in
1: a funny sort, in a funny sort of way, I I agree with you, but for a different reason. I I actually think that, um it may be in one of these quirks of circumstance that we have got. We have had the best what fifteen matches or performances from Jesse Lingard that he's ever going to give. Yeah, because it was for us, it was a perfect storm. Yeah, yeah. Um, And I'm not sure, even if the money were available, um, and put aside the the financial implications of it, that he would actually reproduce next season and the season after that what has gone before it, because the motivation, I think, won't be, it won't be the same. I think that's it really right. It won't yeah. be the same.
0: Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And and there are, you know, um if you were going to sort of spend a, a sort of a large amount of money on a footballer, it's possible you might be able to sort of coax, you know, someone like Etze away from Crystal Palace. Or there's players out there that if you offer a large amount of money, which was what we we would undoubtedly have to spend to secure the services of Jesse Lingard. You might be able to get someone else from a, another club and get them over. One of those Leeds boys, you know, there's some, there's good players out there, you know, uh, and, and ones with the right attitude, ones that, you know, um, would like to come and play for us, like to come and play with, uh, you know, Declan and Jarrod and Pablo, you know, um, They're out there, you know, with fingers crossed for a good transfer window, really.
1: Well, I mean, look, I think that um, the striker is the hardest thing of the lot. Um, And if I was was David Moyes, I'd be on the phone, um, notwithstanding he's got a Champions League final to prepare for over the weekend, Thomas Tuchel, and saying, what is it going to take for West Ham to take Tammy Abraham on loan for a season? Yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, Because that's the sort of signing because it falls back into that category, doesn't it? He has something to prove. Um, he obviously knows deck. Um, you could see him fitting in quite perfectly, Yeah. Um, playing even ahead of, of Mikel Antonio um, and let Mikel, you know, bulldoze his way through and say, here, here are some, you just roll it in. Yeah. Um, I'm quite happy with that. But that's the sort of signing that we need. Um, a, a player who has got a lot more to give, um, I think everyone will agree, but um, being with us will give them the platform to prove it, and it won't, and we won't have to invest, you know, um, the next transfer entire transfer budget to secure their services.
0: Yeah, I agree. I agree.
2: Yeah, I think the loan market is very, very important. And so far, Mois has, has suggested that you know it plays the loan market pretty, pretty well. Uh, yeah, I don't disagree with that. I think if we were to bring uh, um, Abraham in on loan. I still think we probably would then need to buy one. <laughs> um, I, I'm, I'm not, you know, I, I, we need a fir- we need a first team striker, someone who's going to really make Antonio have to compete for his for his place, not just a not just a deputiser for Antonio. Um, uh, and I, yeah, I, mean, I don't know if Abraham's that. I don't know if I don't know if that's. I'm not sure. I'm not sure about him. I mean, I think I, we should. I, I, do I, because... I don't like him as a player and, I, and as a loan signing. I. Th- as you described it, I would be very happy with that.
0: I think we do need to, you know, acquire like, you know, at least two because that's what football teams have. They often have like four strikers on their books, somewhere they're four central defenders. We like we've we've had sort of none. We've got a converted winger,
2: <laughs> and
0: and well, like, two, the... I
2: suppose, because Bowen Bowen occasionally plays up front, and he's yeah, a, I suppose a, so. He's he's an old fashioned like... inside forward, really. Yeah,
0: he's sort of an inside forward, really. Oh. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, so so I would certainly like to see us, you know. Get a couple, maybe a loan and a signing. Yeah, absolutely. Well,
2: that, I would think, but yeah, I, I, yes, absolutely. I, I, that's,
0: yeah. Um, it's probably about time we should uh, wrap this up. No predictions, obviously. No. Uh, as yeah. we uh, predict what our first fixture will be <laughs> Wolves. <laughs> there, I've said it. Uh, uh, but it's been an enjoyable we- season. It's been a really, you know, yeah. um, there was a lot of talk about. Uh, um, you know, somebody on Facebook said, would you take this season uh, over the 1999 Harry Redknapp fifth-place finish, uh, last-best finish in the Premier League? Um, and people were commenting on that and saying, well, actually, um, we scored less goals and we conceded more goals. This is technically a better season, even though we're a place lower. Um but, you know, it also had a lot of really, you know, the, our highlights Real Match of the Day had a goal of the season with 10 so goals. We and we were them. three of them. Three. And, yeah. you know, earlier in the season, um, goal of the month had two of our goals in it. And that yeah. sort of hasn't happened for years. You know, some of the kind of build-up play and the um, the fast moving of the ball and the interplay has been great this season.
2: Uh, we've been um, good to watch at times, definitely. Yeah. yeah no question. And difficult I, to beat. Very I think that's space. it's the
1: combination and, and people forget this you know even um the very best teams and we're nowhere close to this um even though we've got probably got a double pivot that would rival it you know the, the Arsenal invincible team um they could play and play beautifully when they had when, when they had the opportunity but my god they could fight for it when they yeah. didn't. Yeah. And and you need that combination. Unless oh, you're yeah. Manchester City, but then you're playing a sovereign, you're you're playing a sovereign wealth fund. You're yeah. not playing a football club. I'm sorry, I've got no gripe against Manchester City, but you're not playing a football club. You're playing no. a sovereign wealth fund who can actually acquire any player it chooses um if they're prepared to go there. And so um, they can play in a certain way because they have 20 players who are all of a given level yeah. to play that tiki-taka, which I personally, and I'm not particularly a fan of, but they can do that. And they're the only club in, in the country that can. Yeah. Um, but other than that, it's a mixture or combination of hard work and having to stick it in Rose Ed when you need to stick it in Rose Ed. Um, yeah. And there's no getting away from it. And West Ham historically have always been a team that have combined the beauty and the beast, you know, yes. the idea, you know, for me in, in my lifetime, the greatest ever West Ham midfield was when Trevor Brooking played alongside Billy Bonds. Billy I mean, Bond, it, was yeah. The, yeah. it was the ultimate beauty and the ultimate beast. Yeah. And that's yeah. what it was fantastic. And as much as those games I remember in, from the seventies into the eighties, where it, it would be, you would be off your feet because Trevor would be dancing around three players or, or curling one into the far post it'd be exactly the same reaction watching bill upend um a six foot eight 20 stone central defender and and just carry on like 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 he's been like he's picked up a child and, and, and turfed it to the side. Yeah, that yeah. was as much of the fun and the excitement of it and it's that combination um for me is what actually west ham united is all about it's yes. not one or the other it's that combination and this season we've had a We've had a deal of that, yeah. a huge deal of it, because we haven't had, going back to that 99, 1999 season, you no, know, we don't have Paolo de Cana, but, we're, you know, obviously, or Eyal Berkowitz, you know, so Mm-mm. it can only be what it can be. You know, those players are extraordinary talents, and we don't necessarily have that, but we we have a great combination of, of play, and that's where it's been marvellous.
0: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Fine words to end on. Uh, yeah, thank you. Uh, Any more thoughts? This has been Stop Hammer Time. My name is Bill <laughs> Whelans. Uh, with me this week have been Jim Grant. Cheerio.
1: Cheers, Jim. And Simon Pentel. Tada. Lovely to see everybody and
2: have a very good summer. You too. Come on, you irons. This is a playback media production. Get all the associated links for this podcast at westhampodcast.com. Sports Social
1: Podcast Network.
2: 18 plus.